you're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern, helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, and you're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode 37. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 37. Today I'm joined by guest co-host Princess Jones, one of my favorite guests here on the show, for a special New Year's episode. We are taking a bit of a personal look back on 2016 and what it meant for us both personally and professionally, and how that's shaped our plans for 2017 and moving forward. And then we give a little bit of advice on how you can get the most out of the new year as well. Now, I will warn you that this episode has portions that are not safe for work. And there is a lot of personal discussion in this one. So if you want to skip a lot of that, you can listen to the standard episode. You can find that second cut at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 37 on the show notes page. Now let's jump right in. Welcome back, Princess. This is probably your, what, fourth or fifth time on the show now? I have no idea. I thought I was on the show all the time. <laughs> I wish you were. It's more fun. <laughs> so today, Princess and I are going to take a look back at 2016, as much as I don't ever want to think about 2016 again. And we're going to take a look at how we plan to move forward this year and what you can do to make 2017 a better year for your writing career than last year may have been, no matter how good or bad it was. So we're going to talk both about, you know, the personal side of things and business, because let's face it, as freelancers, it kind of all ties together, right? Freelancing is as much a lifestyle as it is a business. So, you know, let's start. Princess, how was your 2016? I definitely went through a lot of hard things in 2016. uh, uh, both of my dogs died in 2016 within like uh, two months. Um, I experienced uh, some medical issues. Um, obviously, I had to go through the election just like everybody else. Um, I wasn't as uh, affected by all the celebrity deaths, but that's just because I think about death all the time, and I think everybody's going to die all the time. So. All the time, all the time. Like, if, if you're supposed to meet me somewhere at, like, 9 a.m., first of all, I'm always early, so I'll be there at 8.45, and then uh, if you're not there by 9.02, I think you're dead. <laughs> and I process it. I always am, like, like thinking about your life, thinking about what I'm going to say at your funeral, what I'm going to wear, oh how life's going to be different without you. Like, I am one of those people that just believes death is everywhere. So the celebrity just didn't bother me as much as the personal stuff in my life. But I mean, I wouldn't call 2016 the worst year of my life. I actually posted this on Facebook. I have had much worse years. 1990 was a hard year. 2001 was just downright terrible. I was so sure. I felt like there was death all around me. Uh, 2007 was just ridiculous. I couldn't, like, I didn't think I was going to get through the year. Um, and at the end of that year, I actually married my husband, and it was like a nice bright spot, and 2008 came in, it was just, it was such a great year, but, so, 2016, for me, wasn't that terrible? I just know I can improve on it. I just know that 
I'm ready for better things to happen. Yeah, see, I don't know. 2016 is definitely a contender for my worst year ever, at least, if not topping that list. Um, you know, you're looking back on other years, and yeah, I had a few bad ones. 2009, I think, prior to last year, I would say, was hands down my worst. Not so sure now. Uh, 2015 was actually really, really bad. Um, and a couple of years before that, actually, were pretty bad, too. So. It wasn't great leading up to 2016. I didn't think it could get much worse. Um, yeah. No, it was it was rough. All right, you, know, you mentioned politics. Politics played a huge role in 2016, sucking as badly as it did. Um, not just the U.S. election for me, but also Brexit over the summer was really fucking up my plans for the next couple of years. Um, like just everything is. So yeah, politics. You know, I mean, I, I still I can't believe there's an inauguration coming this month. <laughs> it's just such an awful thought. I was going to go down for the um, the march on inauguration day with my sister. She lives down by D.C. and we decided against it now because she decided she doesn't want to be anywhere near D.C. Smart girl. She and her boyfriend are running away to Mexico, so <laughs> they will be out of the country for that. So, yeah, she's a little wiser than I. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, that was politics. Yeah. <laughs> pretty bad. Um, yeah. Politics, people, and Twitter <laughs> kind of ruined 2016 for me a little bit. You know, it's just, I don't know, a lot of ups and downs with people. There was, I thought there's some good stuff, you know, there was some closure with an issue with someone from my past, too, which needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Met, met some good people, lost some good people. It's just, you know. One of those things, I think I told you, uh, this kind of epitomized the year as far as, you know, just people in general and being able to count on them. And um, you know, it's funny now, it was totally not funny at the time, but I was having an issue with Skype and oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it was Catherine Aragon, you know, we, we had connected on Skype and I had already approved the connection through my desktop, but when I went onto my Android app, it was showing as a new connection still waiting to be approved. I go to click it, right, and it it doesn't let me clear it, doesn't let me approve it, nothing. So something's wrong with my app. And silly me, you know, thinking I could trust friends. Um, I was up late one night, and a friend of mine, and I was like, oh, hey, you know, um, could you check this for me? So I gave him my login info to check it on his phone to see if it was just my phone or the app in general that was a problem hoping that if he could clear it, it would clear it through my app too. So instead of just going in and checking that, which he did and got it working, um, he also decided to change my profile picture to something a little more pornographic while I was in there. And he comes comes back thinking this is the funniest thing in the world. I'm going to murder him. I don't know if anybody saw it. I hope not. Um, If so, oh well. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? But it was like, oh, my God, but I said that. That's just, like, the kind of shit that happened, like, all year long. It was like, oh, my God. Like, you couldn't count on anyone for anything. That, remi- that reminds me of the time that I was writing an email to a client that said, I've enjoyed working with you, and it auto-corrected to, I've enjoyed whoring you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I actually sent it, and I was like, oh, my, oh my God. God, and 
And also, why is my phone autocorrecting so horny? Like, what have I been writing? <laughs> that my phone was like, no, pretty sure not work. You don't do any of that. Pretty sure you've been horny. Unfortunately, he thought it was funny. Obviously, I've oh done no horny with him at all. <laughs> he knew that that was not something I intended to do or something I meant to say. So it was fine. <laughs> but, oh my god, I'm um, dying over here. You, you totally win. <laughs> you totally win. <laughs> well, the only because I actually sent it. That's the only thing. Sometimes <laughs> I do not like, as you can tell from my tweets. Often I do not like, you know, give it a second look before I send it off because it's just <laughs> not in my nature. I'm like, whatever, guys, just calm down. <laughs> but this time I was like, oh my god, if it's with a client, I definitely should be taking a second look before I get sick. Yeah, just a little bit. That is dangerous territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then, you know, and then, of course, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter just kind of, like, ruined and amplified everything bad about 2016. And, and again, you go back to politics, you couldn't, escape, you couldn't escape it. <laughs> it was just everywhere. But Twitter, no. Twitter ruined two of my favorite foods for me this year, and I don't know if I forgive it. <laughs> it ruined figs. Figs. I love figs. Um, favorite snack in the world is oh. just, like plain Greek yogurt, fresh figs, and a bit of you know raw honey. Oh my it. god! Love it. They're just now being ruined for you. Figs are terrible. <laughs> figs are amazing. Fresh ones, at least, are amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, if all right, I Twitter taught me about fig wasps. So basically, wasps go into your figs and they die there, and you're oh. supposed to be okay with this. And lay, they lay their eggs, they hatch, they come out of there, and then the, the mother, or whatever it is, it dies in there. And um, oh my god, <laughs> I did not know this. It's the only non-vegetarian I'll fruit, I'll right? Check. <laughs> no, is but there's some sort of like sign <laughs> that the that a wasp does to your figs. But it's sitting, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this is so gross. Okay, now the, the wasps are not still in the figs when you eat them, but the reason for that isn't because they leave. It's because they decay in there and are basically oh. eaten up by the fig. It's really gross. Well, you wouldn't even know. Because that's a lot of fun. Eating hundreds of, of wasps in your figs. So, yes. Oh, my gosh. I told you about this. Like nobody, right? <laughs> oh. I know. It's like who's been looking oh out for God. me my whole fucking life? Like that nobody told me this. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, Twitter ruined. Me. I feel so badly for you right now. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, the only thing worse, no, actually, that was worse, but the other food that got ruined, thanks to Twitter, was bacon. And now, I don't eat pork, generally. There are very rare cases where I'll eat certain types of sausage and bacon. Those are the only exceptions. And I love bacon. Like, every week, there was bacon. <laughs> okay. So, one day, I'm on Twitter, just innocently enough, and somebody tweets about nipple bacon. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't look it up. Um, they no, shared a picture. That's you should like. <laughs> you should mute that person. You should mute that person and move on with your life. <laughs> I can tell right now. It was too late though. Oh, like, the, the picture is right there in the tweet. Um, it was basically a cut, oh. of, cut of bacon that still had the pig's nipple attached, and 
<laughs> you can't unsee that. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't. I tried to have bacon, like, a week after that, and I thought I was going to be sick. Like, it was awful. <laughs> I felt literally just nauseous. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to move on without figs and bacon. <laughs> I just don't know. You can know. see a nipple on bacon. At least you can see a nipple on bacon. So, if there's a nipple, you can be like, oh, not that one. over that. I just can't get past them. I tried. I can't. Well, you shouldn't be eating them anyway. They're terrible. They're not. Uh, figs. Figs. Mayonnaise. Uh, what else <laughs> do I eat? Uh, mustard. Uh, really? I'm just now becoming to appreciate onions. I like onions. Um, I don't like, uh, honestly, I don't like white semi-liquid things. I, I really don't. I don't like a white sauce or anything, I'm not into it. Uh, what is it, country gravy? No, never. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's just, yeah, I'm just so. never been in it. And I won't even touch mayonnaise. If my husband uses, uh, like, with a spoon in mayonnaise, I will not even clean that spoon because I can't do it. <laughs> just, oh, my and God. always seem, like, a little bit too saucy. I don't know. They just seem like, <laughs> I don't know. They seem like they got a lot going on. Now that you just told me that, I realized what it is. They've got some secrets. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Crazy. Oh, my goodness. So, the year wasn't all bad as much as I hated 2016. Oh, no. You know, I mentioned this on the blog early in the year. You know, I had been sick for a long time. It caused a lot of weight gain because it had really messed up my hormones. And fall of 2015, I finally got my hormones back in check. So throughout the first half of this year, I actually lost quite a lot of weight, um, not doing anything. It just came off because the hormones were fixed. Um, So that was good. And, um, you know, another good thing this year was that, you know, I really got back into watching soccer, which has kind of been like my one reliable stress reliever. and finally, settled on a team I like. I watch English soccer mostly. Um, I used to watch Bundesliga, which is the German league, but just kind of sporadically, if I happen to be bored and a game happened to be on. Um, but this is the first time I've really watched kind of religiously, and I have a team now that I can really get behind in Liverpool. So that's nice. And this past month in particular, I decided to start getting back on more regular workouts just because I have the time to focus on me, which is nice. I hate working out. I do too, so I look for... You know what I hate about it? I hate that you have to change clothes, right? So so you're living your day, doing your stuff, and then you have to run over here, put on an outfit, then work out, then you have to take off that outfit that you put on, take a shower, put on a new outfit, maybe it's a pajama, that's fine. (laughs) I just hate the switching of the clothes. Like It just feels like a lot. Like If I could just work out and then be done and then not have sweated or anything, then I would work out a lot more. But I, I, I don't know if I can, all this clothing is really getting away. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. I haven't had that issue, I guess. I just, you know, I do the yoga in the morning if I can, because my back is usually killing me when I wake up because I don't sleep well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just shower after that. A lot of the work I'm doing, it's more. I'm working more on toning than cardio. What I find is the more cardio I do, the more weight I tend to put on instead of the other way around. 
Um, whereas wow. I, I know, and I don't know if it's affecting what I'm eating um, because maybe I'm hungrier after, maybe I'm just craving carbs more after. I don't know. Um, I don't feel like I'm doing anything terribly different, but I noticed it several times when I increased the cardio, my weight, either I stopped losing or it went back up. And again, keep in mind though, I'm not coming from the perspective of, you know, the a traditional perspective of losing weight in that for me, it was a hormonal issue. So I don't know if it's affecting the hormones that's stopping it too. That could also be part of it. So um, so I'm not recommending that strategy for anybody else, really not. Uh, but for me, I've noticed that honing, especially, and yoga have really had the best effect. So that's what I'm focusing on. Um, so I don't know, but so far, so good. I feel better and stronger. So a little better than it was. So there's that, you know, ending the year on a slightly positive note, you know, better habits and such. Figured I better start it in December instead of trying to change everything in January with resolutions. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's the personal stuff, you know, for last year. Um, business has been, like I said, Brexit kind of ruined a lot. You know, early in the year, I had talked about my plans were to go to England for a few years. Um, go back to school, work towards a PhD, and that was kind of a big part of the direction that my business was going in. Now everything's kind of up in the air for a couple of years, so <laughs> um, so about halfway through the year, I kind of felt lost, you know, like I just, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was focusing on fiction at first, and then kind of transitioning over to this, um, focusing more on media issues specifically. And so I don't know. I mean, I still feel a little bit lost, I think. You know, like I know what I want to be doing and it's not in my hands because there are no programs here that I found that really are what I want. And even if I do, I'd have to relocate to an area of the country that I don't want to be in. So that's not really an option to me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I still feel a little bit lost, but a little bit better about that wait to see what happens kind of a thing. And um, So we'll see. We'll see. But um, it's not going to happen this year, unfortunately. Um, so that changed some plans. And there were a lot of personal changes. I think you know some of them, but we're not going to go into that here. Um, but some personal no changes. <laughs> but some personal stuff also changed some business plans in 2016, um, and that's more why I kind of scaled back on the horror fiction, which was supposed to be my big push, and kind of just, I don't know, I, I don't want to say I floundered, I didn't really flounder, it just sort of, I fell back into a sort of comfort zone, I guess, of, you know, just same old client type stuff, and um, didn't really put as much attention on my sites as I had wanted to for most of the year, but I think I, I got back on track, you know, towards the end of the year, I think I started feeling a little bit more inspired. I overhauled all indie writers. It had its 10 year anniversary. So I was excited about that. Um, uh -huh. I redesigned my business site. I think that was either in November or December. Um, and there was a three-month challenge I was hoping to start a few months back. Um, that site is actually launching today to begin that. So I got that ready in December. So, you know, really, I think the end of the year kind of kicked up a little bit for me business-wise in that I 
I, I think I found a little bit of direction and that I know moving forward, I want to focus more on my site and less on my fiction. So how does that okay. play out for you? Are you, you're focused more on the fiction now, right? You know, I, I'm actually not, but it just really? feels like it. In 2016, my fiction actually started, did very well. Um, I'm by no means breaking any, any, any sales records, but I have increasingly sold more and more. Good. And I have uh, more than one series out. Um, I just, I just feel like I'm gaining momentum on that. Uh, in terms of my business, the one that actually brings, brings in the nipple bacon, as we were just talking about, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, one of the things that in 2016, I made the most money I've ever made in my entire life. Um, I always, not quite struggled financially. It's not, I wasn't struggling financially, but it's just that I never quite figure out, I don't know, I, I know there's a neck, there's a gap between where I am and where I want to be. And bridging that gap has always been a big issue. I, I have the same issues I, I've been having for the last five years, and that is most of my work comes from one client. That's bad, very bad. But the issue is that because this client pays me so well, it's hard to turn down work from, the, for, from them and go out for something else. And I just have to get out of that. Um, the other issue I have is with marketing myself. I did almost zero marketing in 2016. Um, I'm not bad at marketing other people. Like when it comes to copywriting and things like that, I'm really good at talking about what makes other people um, special and getting to getting to all the reasons why someone should should be engaging or doing whatever they want the, the client wants to do. But for myself, I find it so exhausting to talk about myself all the time. It is very difficult to be like, oh hey, look at this thing I just made. Look how awesome it is. You should buy it. And then a little while later, no, seriously, you really should buy this. And that's how I feel like my, my self-marketing efforts have gone. So in 2016, I didn't do much marketing, but I still made more money than I ever made in my life, and it's mostly due to the current clients I have. Um, I, me and Jen often talk about how we both wish that we could move our businesses to overseas. Like, I've always wanted to live in the South of France. But I can't because I'm married to somebody who cannot be that far away from a Popeye's chicken and his mother and needs to be able to watch American TV shows and things like that. And so I, I've i been really, like, living vicariously through you because you, um, you know, just because, like, you're actually, I know the things have pivoted, but still I am living vicariously through you because you have this, this, I don't know, this drive to do it, and I just, I just believe that you will at some point. I will, I will. You know, I actually agree with you. I don't know when. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I, mean, actually, I know, but that's not your fault. Outside yeah. forces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually with you on France, though. I'd actually wanted to spend some time there too, also south of France, um, more than anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm telling you, if your husband kicks a bucket, princess. He's <laughs> looking mighty healthy these days. Mighty healthy. <laughs> I always said that this, 
from those who are not familiar with this, I always said that I would not move to France with my husband because it would be completely unfair to him. <laughs> he doesn't speak the language. Mm-hmm. He couldn't work there, whereas I could work anywhere. He couldn't work there. So he'd be walking around all day, bored, in a country where he doesn't speak the language, in a country where he was not fascinated by. So all the cute little things that I would that I would be like, oh, look at this, look at that. He would not care. He would just be immensely unhappy. So I've always said that at some point he's going to die because he doesn't take care of himself. And when he does, oh I'm on my way. But he's looking mighty healthy these days. He's been working out. He's not eating as much bacon. He's doing a lot. So I am like, it's, it's looking it's looking like he plans to outlive me. So, maybe, maybe he discovered nipple bacon too, <laughs> princess. Maybe, maybe. I'm gonna have to look this up and show it to him. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> That's cool. But seriously, I, I like I. It's not. I have to plan for my life the way it is, not the way I want it to be. Yeah. And I'm not willing to make that move because I just know he'd be completely miserable, and I know he wouldn't do that to me. He wouldn't take me someplace where, and he's a he's a classic extrovert textbook. He's somebody who needs to be around people and needs to interact with people. And when he does it, it really takes a toll on him. So I would essentially be isolating him if I did something like that. Yeah. And I'm just not willing to do that right now. It's just not, it's not in my, it's not what I can do. Um, I mean, that's the whole reason why I'm, I won't be moving my business to France and if Jen moves hers, I'm just going to come visit her. Anytime. Oh, my. Ay, ay, ay. So, I don't know. I don't know. We're talking about planning and, you know, future and stuff. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like, even, I hear it in my voice now, like, I still don't feel excited or peppy. Like, I still kind of, I don't know, I, I haven't shaken off all the 2016 yet, I think. Um which is rough because, you know, the beginning of the year for me, hell, even December, getting ready for the new year, I get really psyched up. And, you know, I'm like the Christmas queen. Yeah. So, you know, leading up to Christmas, uh. like last month, I am decorating to the hilt and getting ready to host the big party. And I am doing events and going to New York for Rockefeller. And, I, like, just the whole world is nothing but Christmas for me. And this year it wasn't. We didn't host. We really decided just not to really celebrate. We put the tree up at the last minute, decorated it like a week or so before maybe. I just didn't care. Wasn't upset about it. Wasn't down. I just didn't care. Um, so why do you so think that is? I think I'm just exhausted. This just, whole year I'm just emotionally drained um, mm-hmm. by everything else. And I just, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, you know some of the personal stuff. And it's just, it's just been... Yeah. It's too much. I don't know. I just, I just didn't care. I, um, I find it very funny because I don't celebrate any holidays at all. I just, I've never gotten into it. And this year, I did the most for Christmas that I've ever done in my life. Uh, the cooking and I didn't do a bunch of decorating, but just I, I participate in a lot of things that I usually avoid. But somehow this year, it, it, it just happened. I even went to the mall. I went to the mall around Christmas time. Can you believe that? That was brave. I would go to the mall. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I went to the mall during Christmas Christmas season. That never happens. Um, I actually watched some Christmas 
like themed uh, specials. Like I think I I I watched all you know all the ones. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the one with the 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 Red Rider gun and you'll shoot your eye out. I watched that and I watched <laughs> Die Hard and I actually made turkey. So basically, this Christmas I spent the most time ever. Um, actually celebrating Christmas. I don't celebrate any holidays. You can't tell the difference in my house from Christmas from any other time of the year. But I did a lot of cooking. I actually watched a lot of Christmas-themed movies. And, I mean, I really kind of celebrated it, and it was very surprising. I don't even know how it happened. It just happened. See, that's where all my Christmas energy went, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I stole your Christmas energy! (laughs) No, it was like this year. Okay, normally my rule is the tree needs to come down on New Year's Day, you know, so it's done before I start work for the year. Um, this year, Christmas night, we got back from my brother's place. I went to see the kids and um, get back to my brother's place. The tree came down. That was it. That night, I was done. Didn't want to think about it again. Um, just this morning, I woke up and it's, um, you know, I, I I'm at the top of the stairs, getting ready to come down. And there's this big window. I can see the neighbors across the street. And they still had Christmas lights all over their roof and everything. And, like, I just got really mad. Like, <laughs> I felt like such a curmudgeon. It was just, it was like, it is fucking January. Take that shit down. But, and that's weird because <laughs> normally I, look, I used to be the type of person who would leave it up as long as possible. But, man, this year I was just not feeling it. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's day, it's day two in January when we're recording this, <laughs> just so everyone knows Yeah, right in there. I haven't been this year. 
Uh, I'm trying to. I keep trying to so hard. And, like, for little, like, blips of time, I'm, like, gung-ho. I'm like, yes, I can do this. And then I'm like, ugh, I just don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not quite that bad most of the time. But, um, you know, I don't know. So I still have plans this year, you know. I you know, I want to keep losing weight. I want to get back to where I was before I got sick, at least. Um, it's not better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to keep focusing on, you know, like I said, the strength training, the toning, the yoga, meditation, things like that that I've been doing just to try to stay, you know, um, I don't know, just kind of keep myself focused on me, really, is what it comes down to. I'm being selfish okay. this year. <laughs> this is my selfish year. I've decided that's okay. Um yeah, exactly. I'll take more crazy trips, you know, the, the day trips that you like to pick on me about, my creepy stuff to do. Um, I actually have one either this month or early next, depending on the weather. My cousin and I are going to go explore an abandoned Victorian cemetery, which is gorgeous. Oh, my God. Um, see, it's overgrown in parts. They're trying to restore parts of it, but it's like 400 acres, so there's still a lot of it that's untouched. And it's really overgrown, and it's gorgeously creepy. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Um, so I want to go. And I, I don't want to I'm not oh patient. <laughs> I know this isn't your thing. Um, but oh so I want to see it. I don't want to wait. So it's going to be this month or next probably. But then I want to go back in the summer because I really want to see it, and it's like height of being overgrown for the summer. So we'll see. I'm excited. So more trips like that. Um I am planning a trip to the UK. Um, I've decided it's time. So I've been wanting to for a long time. I was originally going to go about eight years ago, I guess. And I let a guy kind of ruin my plans back then. That was a mistake because I had wanted to go there and had considered going to school there and everything a long time ago and didn't do it. so I'm finally at least going to go. going to go meet up with Philippa Willis, and I've got a friend up in Scotland I want to see, and someone in Ireland I want to visit while I'm over there. So go over and make the rounds. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, as long as I can justify taking the time off. Um, there are some other big things I'm saving for this year, too, though, so I have to, you know, it's always a decision, you know, where you're going to spend the money, where you're going to spend the time. Um, yeah. But that's, that's the plan. So finally, I'd like to go spend a couple of weeks over there. Um, and my only other really big thing, I guess, personally this year is just to kind of declutter and simplify. I'm tired of stuff. You know, we we decided we're going to donate stuff and sell stuff and just, just clear shit out of this house because there's just too much crap. And it's just, I'm, I don't know, I'm tired of it. You know, when we were thinking about selling the house a few years ago and we're getting ready for showings, that's when you really realize how much shit you have in your house. And oh, yeah. When you move that. somewhere or when you start doing stuff like that, you realize that you own all the stuff in the world. Yeah. I found a mini cowbell in my apartment <laughs> in New York when I moved to Texas. I don't think I, I have Austin, <laughs> I, Almost four years ago now, but I found a mini cowbell, uh, all kinds of things, just the strangest things. Uh, before that, I lived in Chicago, I lived in New York, I lived in Virginia Beach, and I moved in between those places several times over the course of five years. So I don't own a lot of stuff to begin with. For a lot of years, I was free. I feel like in the back seat freelancing while my husband was driving us to a new city. Like mm-hmm. we were moving a lot, and everything I owned had to fit in a Honda uh, Civic. Oh wow! And and a 
dog and a husband. So I don't, I just don't own, that's, that's one of the things that makes me very different from um, other writers is I don't own a lot of physical books. I, I never have because what I used to do, a librarian taught me this, and, it, and it's just something I've always done, is after I read a book, I would give it to someone else. I would find mm-hmm. someone that I felt was like, could use this book, either through entertainment or if it was a self-help book, something, someone who needed this book, and I would gift it to them. So I just don't own a lot of books. Um, I own some physical copies of my books. I own Peter Bowerman's books um, because he was the first. I re, After reading his book, I decided to go full-time freelancing. Um, I own things that were gifted to me and someone wrote a nice note in them or things that were signed by the author. But other than that, I just don't own a lot of things. I, mm-hmm. I could probably pack everything I love in the next hour and a half and be out of town. I don't know why I live like that. I'm not a grifter, I promise. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I live my life like I'm a grifter. At any moment, the cops are going to get be on to me and I got to move on to the next town. <laughs> so I can totally understand you finding things. Like when you, you're, you're thinking of moving um, about selling your house, just stuff, stuff weighs yeah. you down. It really does. Yeah, we're not even like looking to sell now. It's really just, I, kind of like you, you know, I want to be able to pick up and go somewhere and move somewhere and not have to worry about stuff again. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, it just, I don't know. It, I, I think I feel kind of trapped by it in a way. But um, books, on the other hand, you can try to prime my books from my cold, dead hands. They are not going anywhere. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that, that that's the one thing I I would find a way <laughs> to take some. Um, that would be the toughest thing of moving overseas, though. I think um, I would have to leave some of those behind. All of, yeah, not all of them. And they're heavy, <laughs> so and then, well, I don't them. I don't know how it is with England, but I know in France, if it seems like something's new, they tap it on the way in. Oh, wow. So they often open your things. Lovely and. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and so I mean, your books aren't new, but obviously, but like just getting stuff over there is a logistical yeah. nightmare. And then, like the Europeans do not think of space the way the Americans do. Uh-huh. Like, like if we walk into an apartment, we expect a certain amount of things to be there. <laughs> the Europeans don't think like that. So, like we all have dining rooms where most of us don't use dining rooms. Yeah. But if you walk in an apartment that didn't have, like, a space for a dining room area, you'd be like, what is this? <laughs> Even though we don't, we never sit in them. But, yeah. So I can't imagine, like, oh, my goodness, all those books and you, and you have a cat and a dog. You have two cats. I have four cats. You have two cats. <laughs> you have yeah. four cats. Okay, yeah. so you have four cats. You have an adorable dog who's got the, the craziest little face. I mean, on all your stuff. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine it. The business books would have to stay, and I have antiques and collectibles and signed copies, things like that I wouldn't part with ever. Um, mm-hmm. So those would have to come. And at least they wouldn't mistake them for new and custom. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be the big thing for me, I think. Um, yeah. I'm sitting here. I don't even know if I'm messing up the call here because I'm turning around backwards looking at my books kind of fawning over them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surrounded by them as I work. You know what? That's what I'll miss. 
if I leave this house. That is the one thing about this house I will miss is my office. It is a gorgeous office. I have a huge wall of oak built-ins behind me. Um, I would miss this office. So that would be tough. And that's the one thing I think about Europe that scares me is knowing that, you know, here I'm used to having all the space. It's like a huge four-bedroom house. It's um, on over two acres of land. And I'm like, ain't going to have that <laughs> when I move overseas. And um, that's true. that would be an adjustment. I mean, look, I lived in a one-bedroom apartment before this, and I was perfectly content. So um, yeah. I, would, I would adapt as fine, but... Losing the office would be the toughest thing for me, I think. But, you know, hopefully all the, the good things would make up for that. So so work-wise, you know, um, kind of hoping for a better year. <laughs> Big thing for me is trying to get back on a more consistent schedule. Although I seem to say that every few months, and it doesn't last. <laughs> so, but I, I do kind of miss my 4 a.m. wake-ups now, and I'd like to get back to that. I'm at my best that way. Um and I'm going so back. you're not on your crazy schedule where you're up like and you get up at like when it's dark outside and <laughs> you work until like yeah. you and then you work Monday through Thursday. I want to say Monday through Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The actual work schedule is I wake up at four and then I work from five until noon um, for four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And I'm at my best when I stick to that schedule. When I start overworking and working most nights and things, that can get to be a problem. Um, and that is going to be a problem this year. Um, this is going to be a workaholic year, at least in the beginning. Um, I know that because of the personal stuff. Um, work, when things aren't great on the personal front, work is kind of my, uh, I don't know, sort of like a safe haven. You know, it's, it's where I'm at my best. So that's what I throw myself into. It's a distraction. My business is just kind of, it's that little bit of sanity, that comfort zone. Um, and I think at the start of this year, I need that comfort zone. So I'm trying to make the most of it, you know, throwing myself into some big projects. And this is going to be one of those years where I do more in the first quarter than most people do in a year. Um, it's going to be one of those, and I'm hopeful that it will pay off. I think that's every year for you. Probably. <laughs> um, but that's the plan, and it's really to go back to my roots. Um, I haven't been happy with my business the last few years, and um, it's not that it's gone bad. It's, it's more, you know, like I said, I was sick for a long time, and during that time I couldn't work for long stretches. And it just, nothing's ever really felt the same, I guess. And so I'm going back to my roots, you know, where people used to give me shit for doing too much. Well, I tried taking their advice. I tried scaling back, and I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Um, it's not, it's not how you're built. It's not. You're right. <laughs> um, so my business was always set up with a three-prong approach. It was freelancing and then web publishing slash blogging and um, basically running my own site, and then indie publishing. And I would get shit from everybody all the time. You're running, I would have like dozens of websites. I, I still do, I just don't tell you about them because I'm tired of people giving me shit. Um, so the little ones you never hear about don't have my name on them. Um, but I'm going back to that. You know, it's just, I, you know what my biggest mistake was? It was 2013 when I took that fucking advice and I merged several of my writing blogs together 
which is how All Wendy Writers came to be under this brand. And I have done nothing but pay for it ever since. It was the biggest mistake. It was the biggest mistake I ever made in my business. Um, it the search engine rankings never recovered since the rebranding. Um, there there are a lot better now than they were, but it took a long time to even get there, and they still never fully recovered. And it's not just that though. You know, SEO is not a big deal. I always recover there, but. I don't know, it's just the brand, the recognition, like I still have people who come to me and they think I stopped blogging. It's like, really? It's like you actually go to visit the really? site and it redirects you. It's like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah, like yeah. you find nothing. Um, but yeah, there are people who think I'm gone because that brand name is gone and they don't see it, you know, being talked about and shared anymore. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, like how did that happen? Um yeah, I just I I don't know I I don't I'm not as comfortable with all indie writers as a brand, um, and after you know talking to another writer about some things during the overhaul, you know he kind of pointed out I guess that it almost felt too broad, and the truth is I do want to write mostly about freelancing. I don't want to write as much about indie publishing. I like writing about blogging, but look that ties into freelancing a lot, so it's not a big deal. Um, but at the same time, we used to talk about ebooks and such on all freelance writing, and it never felt like a fit. So I branched it off into its own site. Now, when indie publishers come to the site, they mostly see freelance writing and they just don't care. Um, so it's never, it's, it's just never, it never did what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to take the stress off of me and not having to manage three right. sites or four sites or five sites. I don't know, you put them all together and it just it just hasn't been the same and I don't know if it's because I'm treating the site differently because I feel differently about it or if it's something tied to the technical side of the rebranding that I screwed up along the way. I, I just I don't know what it is, but biggest mistake. Um I'm not gonna change back. I thought about it. I have thought about going back to all freelance writing, and I'm like, you know what? With my luck, I will fuck something else up, and it will be even worse for another few years. Um, So I'm not going to do that, but, I mean, that's why we are focusing more on freelancing. I tried to make it a little more prominent on the homepage. Um, But, yeah, so anyway, that's the big focus for me is going back to those sites and trying to, you know, fix what I screwed up with the merger and going back to what I used to call my big three sites, you know, that was all freelance writing then, which is you know, all indie writers now. Um, I have a small business blog called bizammo.com, and that site needs major work on the content. The design, I'm not worrying about that one. It's not getting a redesign or anything, but um, the content back then, I haven't updated it regularly in a long time, and um, there's a lot of content that I had hired other people to write, and and that's not you know that's not bad stuff you know I got people who knew what they were talking about so that's good, but a lot of the content was much shorter and just I don't know like I'm just I go back and I look at it and I'm like this isn't something that I'm really happy to have my name on now, um, so a lot of things are getting merged and deleted and just improved, and then I'll get back to regular posting there. But that used to be my big earner. That was the one that it only took me like three months to get it earning basically a small full-time living. Um, so that one really needs to get its ass back in gear and start bringing in that kind of money again. Um, well, more, hopefully. Um, 
And then the third one is Naked PR. Naked PR was great for ad revenue, but the point of bringing it back, and I actually redesigned it mid-2016 and haven't brought it back content-wise yet. Now my focus was more on industry commentary and original research and things that were going to lead into what I wanted to go back to school and pursue. Um, so that I've been hesitant to really move forward with it because of all those changes. You know, I got the site ready over the summer, and you know, like I said, Brexit kind of changed everything, and I just sort of felt lost and just kind of let it sit there. Um, well, I'm not going to let it sit there anymore. But I'm not going to monetize that one. So it's weird to say it's part of the big three when they were the income sources. Um, I could have lived off of them easily. And this is not going to be monetized. This is solely about industry recognition. And I, I want that back. You know what I mean? I want that place where I can speak my mind freely and not be talking to newer people all the time, talking to industry professionals, you know, colleagues that I respect. And um, that was fun for me. And I, I think I miss having fun with my business. That's what I miss the most, and that's what I want back. Because when I'm having fun, I can run dozens of sites, and I can still freelance, and I can get through manuscripts, and I make more money, and I'm happier. And, you know, I if I'm having fun, and I haven't been having fun. So that is my real goal, I think, for 2017, is get back to that and try to enjoy it more. Uh, just enjoy your, your work more? Yeah, exactly. Um, everything else falls into place when I do, when I, I stop trying to be what other people expect me to be, I think, is probably the best way to put it. Um, and I'm excited. You know, I have some new projects coming. You know, like I mentioned, there's a three-month challenge. I'm launching a new blog for that today, which for those listening was probably a couple days ago. Um, and I won't tell you about it for three months because that would be cheating. Um I will tell you on the blog about the site, I should say. I'm just not going to give you the domain name until the challenge is over. I don't want traffic from all of the writers affecting the, the stats. Um, I'm also launching that new site finally with Lori Widmer, so I'm super excited about that. Um, that will be a little bit more similar to Naked PR in that we're working with more experienced freelance writers um, as opposed to newbies, which you know I target with all indie writers trying to help you get started. And Lori does that with Words on the Page, her blog. Um, this is a place for us to talk more about advanced marketing for freelancers who have been at it for a while but are really looking to take things to the next level. And that will be much more of an income source than our current blogs are. Um, so that is something I'm looking forward to, just, you know, that place to almost be a sort of water cooler, you know, for more experienced pros, but at the same time get to talk about the side of the business that we really love yeah, that marketing aspect. So, very excited. We're hoping to launch the blog portion next month. So, we'll see. Okay. That depends on me and if I get the technical stuff done. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, hoping to have a preview ready actually within the next week or two on all indie writers to show you. So, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, you know, that, like I said, that's my big plan. I really want to focus on that three-prong approach that I did so well with. And in that, I want to focus on my big three sites. Um, I will be launching more sites. There will be no more. I've already cut back the ones that I could spare, and I've decided it's time to go back into expansion mode. And if I get to the point where it becomes too much, then I'll go back to hiring teams if I have to. I don't know. And I'm, I'm looking forward to 
just getting more productive. You know, I know I feel like I push that so much. I'm such a productivity junkie um, that I'm like, how can I possibly get more productive? But <laughs> I can. You know, I think I can. Um, big thing for me is I just replaced my former laptop with two, actually. I got a nice gaming laptop, which I had a really hard time finding a new computer. Um, I was really fussy about the specs, and not only that, but I wanted a metal casing. I am tired of all this cheap plastic garbage that all I care about is making it lighter and thinner, and so they keep removing features. And I was so furious to see these new laptops often had worse specs than my old ones. And I'm like, no. So <laughs> it took me months to pick one. I went with a gaming system from MSI that I'm very happy with so far. Um, but the problem with going with something like that is it's still a little too bulky for, you know, just sort of casually moving it around all the time um, as far as portability goes. So it, it's fine if I'm traveling or something, I can take it with me still as opposed to a desktop. But for me to just want to, like, move over to my recliner to write for a little while or go to the living room or take my work to bed with me or something, it's a little uh -huh. bit, it's a little too much for that. Plus, I rig my laptops up so that they're pretty high um, at eye level for me. So it becomes even more complicated then to get it off of that rigging and then to put it back. And I mean, it's like, oh, so whatever. Um, so I got a little two-in-one. It's basically like a 12-inch tablet with a keyboard, Windows. Um, it was the Lenovo Mix 700. And it probably would have worked for, you know, just a basic laptop, um, but not, it wouldn't have handled, you know, gaming or some of the more intense, you know, work stuff that I do. I tend to have a million things open at once. Um, so I really abuse my machines. And um, so what I'm using that one for basically is so I can just sort of, I don't know, just snap it close, take it with me, you know, hop on the recliner, take it with me, go to bed, take it with me. Um, I don't have to worry about moving it around or dealing with wires. You know, the battery life is so much better than a normal laptop. So um, so it's nice for that. You know, I can go and write at the lake now. You know, that was a little difficult before. I would take my tablet and dictate or something. But, you know, now I have something where I can go sit by the lake and write if I want to. And so I'm hoping that having that flexibility where I don't feel chained to my desk now that that will help. And before I had the new machines, I had no idea how slow my old one was. Um, like, wow. Like, I'm like, that's how the internet's supposed to work? <laughs> it's so different. <laughs> like, wow. And it wasn't even bad, you know. It really wasn't that bad. But the last few months, um, my old last, it was dying. Like, I could tell the hard drive is kind of on its last legs. And after about five years, uh -huh. that's when my hard drives tend to start failing in laptops. So so it had a good life. It did. You know, it lasted as long as I expected it to, a little more even. Um, but I could tell it was going to go because it would just suddenly freeze up for like a half an hour at a time. And you can't work like that. You just you just can't work like that. No. So I'm hoping that not having those kinds of interruptions anymore and, you know, that flexibility of being able to hop between devices um, is going to help. Because I notice that when I'm at my desk for more than a couple of hours lately, I get really restless and I just don't want to be here. So to be able to go and just take it somewhere else and keep on working, I, I think that's going to help with the productivity. So 
We'll see. I'm hoping technology actually does something good for me for a change. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have that's time. Actually, um, one of, that's actually one of my goals in 2017 is that I need to find a new quote-unquote desktop. It's not really a desktop computer. I just leave it on my desk all the time. But um, I have a Chromebook for where I want to be out and about, and I am out and about quite a bit. Okay. I go to Panera a lot to work. I don't know why, but I work better when people can see me. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to talk to them. I just want them to see me working. I don't know what that's about. It's really weird. But I can, But if I can't get something done at home, what I do is I go to Panera, and they have great food. I really like it. And then I just sit in one of those little seats, and I stay there all day. And people are see me, and they walk by, and they go, that girl's working. And that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's working. I don't know if that, like, motivates me, but it, it seems to be a little helpful. But I, I'm in the same boat as you, is that my, um, so I, I mostly, um, doing copywriting, I'm doing a bit of WordPress design and, uh, some logo design as well. So all of my design stuff is on what I call my desktop computer, and then my Chromebook is where I'm, it's everywhere. And the reason I love it is because, I can take it anywhere, and if something happens to it, I do not feel bad about it. Um, the one I have the Acer Chromebook 14, and I spent about 300 bucks on it. Right. Nice. It's beautiful. And <laughs> like I, when I went to Paris, I took my Chromebook, and like if someone smashed my Chromebook, I would not have been like, no, my world, because it just, it isn't. Um, so that's why I value being able to, just like you, I like to switch from machines and I like to be, oh, I also work on site for a client. Okay. So I like being able to access my files everywhere. I like being able to have the same experience no matter where I am. And, um, so it's been working out really well. I can go, I, sometimes I go out to the pool and I write out there uh, my apartment complex is a business center. It's really, actually really, really nice. And or I go to the library or I go to Panera Bread. But that, what, what I call my desktop computer actually stays here at all times. Okay. So I want to buy a new one. Um, I really like that ZenBook, Asus's uh, ZenBook 3. Okay. I'm not going to spend $1,500 on a laptop because <laughs> I'm the cheapest person in the world. That <laughs> happens. <laughs> It's not happening. My car didn't even cost $500. I, I know. That's what it. you were telling me. Yeah, when I showed you my laptop, you were <laughs> bitching about me spending more on, a, on your car. Like I told you then. Like I told you then, though. I well, yours spend, is nice. I would spend more on a laptop than a car at this point. I, I can deal with a used car. I can fix a car. I'm good with that. But, man, that computer, that's your livelihood <laughs> when you're freelancing. So that's more important. Yeah. That's true. It's how you get your money. Exactly. But um, I'm still trying to figure out. I'm, I think I'm going to be, but I don't want to be. I think I'm going to be in the $700 range for that. Just because I I do a lot of design stuff on there, and I need something fast, and I expect it to last a bit. I don't, I am not one of those people that's buying a new computer every other year. Yeah. I expect a good five years from it. So you got to spend more money to get it. Yeah, yeah. I used to, um, the ones before this that I went with were HPs, and I loved them. And I always went with the um, the DV series, which um, was their media series. Um, 
that could handle you know, pretty much anything I threw at it. And they actually were much more affordable than what I saw on the market now. Um, they, I don't know, I think they kind of canceled that in favor of the Envy line or they renamed it or something. Yeah, that's one I to look, so you know, look into that. Um, you might find one. Probably not like the two-in-one Envies, but maybe their normal ones um, might be more yeah. in that range. But I always liked them. They were very reliable. Like I said, I get about five years out of them before I have any issues with the hard drives. And at that point, um, it, it, like I said, it's really, I use them hard. Like, I really, really abuse my machines, like my laptops. Yeah, you spend most of your day on your machine. Yeah, I do. You think about it because you, because you, because you work on your machine and then you also do other. Yeah, streaming games. Like, yeah, when, when yeah, it's not like when your day is over, you just, oh, done with the computer, you're still yeah. using it. I pretty much live um, in my office. My office is like my home away from home in my home, sort of. <laughs> but I'm always <laughs> in my office. <laughs> if I'm not sleeping, I'm here. Uh, now. Even if I am sleeping, sometimes I'm in here. So, um, but yes, it's always being used. And um, but I abuse them, and they last me a good five years without any issues. My old one, not the one that I'm replacing now, but the one before that. Its hard drive did fail. There were some heat issues with that particular model. It was a smaller one, too. They fixed that, though, by the way. They have great cooling now. Um, but that hard drive fried. When I went back in, I replaced the, the fan and the hard drive and everything um, to rehab it as a backup system. I mean, the thing is now 10 years old, and it's still going really strong. I use it primarily as a, a media system now. And um, so they, they last, you know back up your hard drive and stuff, you know, when you start getting up there in years, obviously, but um, other than that, yeah. I mean, they're little beasts, so <laughs> if you're looking for, you know, an affordable laptop, I would look for HP at this point. That's the only one I'd recommend, so I know a lot of people recommended Dell to me, but I couldn't bring myself to buy a Dell. I just couldn't do it. Um, I loved them. I used to absolutely worship Dell. I was such a brand evangelist. But the company really went downhill, and I've seen family members buy from them and such, and it's just everything was different. It was awful, and their support went to hell. Um, so I, I wouldn't trust them. Like, they betrayed my trust. So at that point, once a brand does that, once anyone does that, it's done. It's over. <laughs> so um, so I, I couldn't trust the dough. I just I couldn't do it. But maybe they've gotten better. Like I said, a lot of people recommended them to me, so you might want to look into that. But I would stick with HP. So, something to look into, something to look into. So, work-wise for you in 2017, what are your plans? Well, one of the things I want to do is I want to diversify my clients. And I'm always working to this. I'm not really, and I'm, and I'm, I always get lazy about it, but I've got to do it. Um, and so... That leads me back to my nemesis, marketing myself. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna have to get a plan together and actually follow it. Uh, I don't want to, but I am going to. Um, because I need more incoming leads to my freelance business. That is, I just want to get to the point because I'm not there yet. I'm I'm better at it than I used to be, but I'm not here yet. But I want to get to the point where. I'm getting more incoming leads than me reaching out to get leads. 
Um, when I started specializing, it got a lot better, but I'm still not where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to do for 2017 is I'm going to start a podcast. It's um, going to be. I'm a food writer. I write about. I write a lot about when I'm when I'm freelance writing for magazines and stuff like that. I'm writing about food, not necessarily recipes, but more about stories that involve food. Okay. And I work with restaurants, small businesses, uh, that anything that's in the food, beverage, and hospitality uh, realm. I work with a lot of them in my copywriting business. So I want to start a podcast that centers around the people behind the stories about the food that we eat here in Austin. Austin is a huge uh, culinary industry, and there's always some new restaurant popping up, one going away. There's a tons of festival. There's a beer and bacon festival coming up. I'll be there. <laughs> there, like we love our food. Like it's all we talk about. So I'm going to start interviewing people behind some of these restaurants and food concepts and just getting to know my city better and also getting to know people in the industry better. So I want to do that. Um, I also am going to start, I mean, on my personal life, if we're talking about 2017, my biggest thing is to be happy. I am a workaholic. I'm somebody who really loves to add more and more things on my to-do list, but it hasn't made me happy. It just makes me always feel behind. I just want to get to a point where I'm feeling more, um, I don't want to say balance because that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I just want to feel more like, just like you said, I'm having more fun with my business and I'm not like giving myself a hard time about this and a hard time about that. And I'm just living in the moment. I'm not very, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a super present person. I'm always thinking about what's next, who's next, what are you going to do? So we'll see. Um, so for business-wise, like I said, I want to do more incoming leads. I want to really get a marketing system together that I can stick to and will stick to. Um, and as far as fiction is concerned, um, I have a publishing schedule for 20, I have a publishing schedule for 2017. Um, and I shouldn't say fiction because although recently I've been writing fiction, I'm going to be doing a lot of essay type things too. Um, I want to stick to my publishing schedule, and sometimes with my books, like the turnaround from first starting the book to editing to beta to out is between three and four months. Yeah. And sometimes I find that I, because I know that, I procrastinate, right? Because I got six months to the sitting SBI. I know it only takes me three or four months, so I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with it. Yeah. I want to get to the point where I'm so far ahead that I am, I have the time, I'm not doing anything in a rush with that. As far as that type of work goes, I, I mean, I just, it's steady, it's, you know, slow and steady wins the race for me. I, I write about a thousand words a day, every day, even on the weekends. I just, it usually takes an hour to an hour and a half, depending on if I know where I actually want to write. And if I can keep that up, the level of work that I can put out for 2017 and 2018 is going to be a lot higher than what I've been able to do in 2016. Okay. I'm also going to start moving to nonfiction work with my business, nonfiction books with my business. Everybody, well, not everybody knows, but one way to market a business is to write a book showcasing your expertise. 
and that's I want to I don't have any books attached to my P.S. Jones copy and design brand and mm. I want to do a few so I'm right now brainstorming on that I started working towards the podcast like you I start my New Year's plans in December it's easier that way because December is usually a, a slow month for me in terms of work and sometimes I actually take vacation like I did this year vacation from client work not from working I still was working so I I started getting things together for the kind of things I want to do what I really need is an accountability buddy I thought I needed a, a coach which is why I told you to be the worst coach in the world for me. let's talk about that I think matter in here would be the worst coach in the world for me because she like me has a tendency to do more and I don't want to do more. I keep telling myself, stop doing more. Stop roping yourself into these extra projects. Stop adding more stuff to your to-do list. Do your to-do list, the current to-do list, better. Stop adding stuff to the bottom. So I know that if Madeline were to coach me, but even on, like, like marketing, stuff like that, Madeline would be like, no, more is better. More is more. Do it. <laughs> and then I'd be doing, like, wild hours like she does and, like, just doing extra, 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 which I think looks good on you, but I think it's going to run me ragged, and I'm, like, at the point where I'm good. I cannot do any more. Okay. Now, two things. Lander, who two things. Who Give me a second. <laughs> two things. We're, we're, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> First of all... <laughs> First of all, I don't think anyone's called me Mattern since back on like the track team. <laughs> okay, that's that's just weird. That's what that's how you and I refer to you because we know a lot of gems. We Too know many gems. so many of them. Oh my! Um, but second of all, what makes you think that as a business coach or accountability partner that I would assume or push you to work the way that I do as opposed to? Knowing what's right for you and doing it, which is what I actually try to do. You, you wouldn't push me, but my my tendency to want these things would be right there, and I'd be like, yeah, and you'd be, and you would encourage me. You would be like, no, if no. someone was trying to go to AA, <laughs> and they were hanging out at a bar with a with a lifelong drinker. Now maybe it's not, maybe it's no problem for you, but when I get drunk, I get naked and get arrested. <laughs> Your doers. I respect it a lot about the both of you. 
But Yolander has a much more laid-back vibe. Just a laid-back for me. there I don't use it as much anymore um, but what I used to do you, basically we go and we share what we're working on our to-do list and we talk to each other and um, it's nice for support when you need it and such um, there are good people there yeah. you know Laurie Widmer Sharon Hurley Hall uh, Laura Spencer John Stories um, so you know Paula Hendricks and lots of good people in there um, so there's an option too for people who don't have somebody you know locally or who can independently meet up regularly. Should just mention uh-huh. that about writingsquare.com that, and then put it in the show notes. That actually makes a lot of sense to me because so I don't do resolutions. I honestly do. I I try to do a theme for the year, mm-hmm. and my theme is this year is that you don't have to go to work, and that's usually what I do. I do everything. I dislike relying on the other people. I often don't ask other people to help, to help me with things, either because I tell myself that they don't that they don't want to, or that what I'm doing isn't that important. So I'm the only person should handle it. I do that in my personal life and in my business world. So this year, 2017, I'm working on making more allies in the world and depending on them. And and instead of, because I'm the huge person in the world, instead of, like, trying to save a book, how about I spend some money to get some help and yeah. some things that actually give me a good return on investment? Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go to some conferences this year. Good. I'm really excited about that because I need to meet more people. I'm, I feel like I really isolate myself. Now that I'm not writing diaries of mad freelancer anymore, I don't even I don't even meet new people the way I used to. Yeah. So um, there's a thing called the Smarter Artist Summit. It's here in Austin. It's run by the guys from the self-publishing podcast, um, and they also are I can't remember names. I will tell I will tell Matter and she will put it in the show notes. <laughs> I guess. But I'm going to the Smarter Artist Summit because I really want to meet people who are creating the way I am. I'm, I'm going to be going to BinderCon New York. Um, that's another uh, conference where people with my like mind are going to be. And the Accountability Buddy is another way to ask for help. I'm also probably going to take uh, Peter Bowerman's course. He was on the last episode, I think. Mm. And I, I have all his books, and I feel like 
don't know. At this point, I almost feel like it's tradition for me to. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's, like he's kind of where my full-time freelancing came. Didn't you review his, his course? I did, so make sure if you sign up that you do it through my affiliate link there. <laughs> I am. So, <laughs> but that's another way for me to ask for help to say, hey, you know what, you said that you wanted to bone up on some uh, some of your, on your craft before. Yeah. Um and you haven't because you think everything has to come from what you're doing or you have to do everything on your own. How about actually taking this course and, you know, building up on some of your basics and kind of refreshing yourself? Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Asking for help, involving other people, stop being isolated in my house, and just basically reaching out. There's a gap between where I want to be and where I am, and it's very hard to bridge that gap. And I think that part of it is because I think I have to do it on my own all the time. No questions asked. And that's just not true. It's really funny that, you know, you're talking about themes instead of resolutions and that that's what your theme is to rely on other people more. Um, because mine's kind of the opposite this year, you know, I feel like, <laughs> and this is okay, you know, I think it's good writers hear this, that your goals don't have to be what somebody else's are. Um, in my case, I feel like... Your name is Trust No One. <laughs> it should have been, apparently. Um, if I, you know what, if, if I had lived by the Trust No One um, theme this past year, I would not have ended up with Skype porn representing me a colleague. So, there you go. Um, but I feel like 2016, most of the problems came from letting people in where I otherwise wouldn't have, trusting people that maybe I shouldn't have. And I don't know. I just, so like I said, I'm being a little more selfish now. It's about me. It's about whatever I consider fun, what makes me happy, and fuck everyone else. So <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I just um, I need to rely on myself more, um, relying on other people for inspiration or advice or just so yeah for me it's more that'll be my theme for 2018 <laughs> I know it's 2017 and 2018 I'll be like trust no one <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like okay I need help the <laughs> 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 flop um, but yeah I don't know I just I feel like I need to trust myself I, I don't know I don't even feel right saying I need to trust myself because I feel right now like I can trust myself less than I've ever been able to trust myself before so maybe what really? I mean is I, yeah I, I feel like I screwed up that site merger so badly I screwed up other things in business I screwed up in who I've trusted and let in I've, I've screwed up a lot I can't I don't feel like I can trust myself and my gut anymore and it never used to steer me wrong and that is I think the hardest thing to cope with because I can always trust myself, and I don't feel like I can right now. So, I don't know, maybe that's the goal, you know, to get back to that point, you know, to see. Uh, I don't know what went wrong. I really don't, you know. I, I'm the type of person who is used to getting what they want, um, because if I want it, I do what I need to do to make it happen. Um, you know, that's not true okay. in personal relationships, because I don't manipulate people, but in business and such, um, I always get what I want. And... I don't know. I just, like I said, I just haven't been happy. Something's just not felt right. 
and I don't know which decisions exactly were the problem, or was it the implementation, or what was it, but, um, so I don't know. I, I need to reconnect with myself a little bit and figure out what went wrong and try to rebuild that trust. So it's, it's weird, you know. Look, when somebody loses my trust, they almost can never get it back. It's pretty much impossible. I've never been in a position where I've lost trust of myself. So that, that's a kind of a weird, um, how do you get that back, you know? I, I don't know what it's going to take. But I think that's going to be my big focus is just not relying on other people, relying on myself, learning to trust myself again. And I need to just, I don't know. I feel like there's still a part of me from my best times that is just missing. And I don't know what I need to do right now. But figuring it out, you know, baby steps. I, I think a big part of it's just going to be, like I said, going back to my roots and how I used to run the business because... Obviously, my gut was right then, and um, my gut was wrong when I changed things, so um, I need to channel Jen from, like, five years ago, <laughs> so, yeah. um, something like that. Um, so, I don't know. So, we've talked about us a lot. What about listeners? How can they make 2017 better? And I, you know, I say that assuming that everybody had a shitty 2016 because as far as I'm concerned, like, we should just, like, burn it all down. Um, but Even I know. If they so, didn't, though. I know. They all, you always <laughs> hear next year be better than your last year. Even if they had a, a decent year in 2016 True. or a great year in 2016, they obviously they still want 2017 to be better. That's just, we always want to get better. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, I, I want to tell people, you know, don't stress about all the non-work stuff, I don't know, what can you do in 2017 to make it better, you know, just, um, I get, you know, one rule that I always try to push on new writers is you want to do, you want to make more money by working less and putting in fewer hours. Um, for me, you know, this happened years ago, a long time ago was when I changed my schedule from a five-day work week down to four, and what I found was I actually made more money. It sounds counterintuitive, but when you're more limited, you don't procrastinate. You know, Princess, you were just talking about this with your publishing schedule and how when you know you have six months to do something, something that should really only take three or four months, it can get dragged out. You know, when you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, I actually have a five-year publishing plan, and I break it down by quarters, and that's kind of been a problem for me. Similar to what you said, you know, when I look at it in three-month blocks, I'm like, oh, I don't need to rush on that. Look, I've got three months before I have to finish that. Um, and then something won't get done. So you know, you got to be careful about procrastination and thinking too far out. I mean, I need to go through this week and take that first quarter and map it out into an actual month-by-month, week-by-week plan, or I won't get it done. Um, but yeah, do more yeah. in less time, you know, plan ahead, but don't plan so far out ahead that you let yourself procrastinate like that. Um, maybe consider changing your work schedule up a little bit, you know, work a different time of the day, see if you work more productively and can therefore work fewer hours or you don't have to start, you know, at 4 a.m. like I do, but I know, I know it's not for everyone. God, no. <laughs> I did hey, I was a night owl before I started doing that actually. And, um. But, man, the difference <laughs> it was so worth it. 
Um, but, you know, try different things. You know, see if you work better at different times of day. See if you work better on different days of the week. See if you work better in different places, like um, like Princess was talking about working at Panera. And all those little things that can help you get more done in less time, well, that leaves you with more time for yourself to relax, to do things you enjoy, or more time to sink into your business if you want to. Um, but I would say you know, that's probably the biggest thing to focus on as a freelancer is really optimizing your schedule and optimizing your time to get better at what you do because the better you are at what you do, the less time you're going to spend on each project and on marketing yourself. Yeah. So, you know, focus yeah. on that. Just improve your skills and focus on your schedule and find ways to maximize that whole balance. It's the whole work smarter, not harder thing. And yeah. to me, I would say that would be the key. If you really want to improve things in 2017, no matter how good or bad last year was, that's where you can always improve. You can always find ways to get more done in less time or make more money in less time. And that could be as simple as raising your rates if you're not charging enough. So that's where I would say to start. What about you, Princess? I would say remember why you became a freelancer or remember why you became a business owner. If you're having the same problems now that you had when you were someone else's employee, you're doing it wrong. You don't have to do it that way. Like she said, you can change your schedules. You can work harder, work smarter, not harder. You can change your business so that you're getting what you need out of it. I don't, I really disagree with the idea that everything's terrible and it has to be that way. Either everything's terrible and we can work to change it, or everything's not so terrible and we're all doing fine. But one of those things is, is true. You can... I, I just, I refuse to be pessimistic in 2017. <laughs> um, and also, I suffer from depression. So mm-hmm. if I let, like, the world, like, get heavy on me, it can have disastrous results. So that's one of those mm-hmm. things where I'm just like, no, I I, I kind of refuse to allow this to engulf me and to make me stationary. I, I, um, I keep a bullet journal for my for my to-dos and keeping track of things. And I have a page in January. It's called January Wins. And I'm just going to write down every time I feel like I won something, every time I feel like something great happened, every time I feel like I made something work. Because I think that we often focus on the things that are terrible instead of all the amazing things that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... And so I'm, I'm hoping to express more gratitude. I'm hoping to live more in happy moments. In 2017, if you're listening to this, in 2017, you can do almost anything you want. You cannot run naked through a Walmart, and you probably won't <laughs> make Mars. Well, but, you can, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you're right. Off. You can do anything you want. You just got to deal with what happens next. The consequences. So if there is some... If there's some big goal that you have that you've been putting off or there's something that you that you are worried about for the future, I say make a plan and get to work. I, I you know advice. okay, so I have a real problem with people who are too cool to try. All right, so mm-hmm. those are people that are always talking about how uh, 
They don't make resolutions. They don't need to get better. They don't, like, and all they do yeah. is make fun of what other people are doing, right? All they do is sit on the back. They don't write books. They read books and hate them. <laughs> they don't make things. They criticize what other people make. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have a real problem with that because that doesn't make you too cool. That's what makes you a loser, okay? The type of person who's too afraid to try or too afraid to do anything, yet you want the rest of us to stop because it's not because you don't like what we're doing. It's because you're too scared to do anything. And I know a lot of people like this. And usually I stop knowing them pretty quickly, but I just, I realized that there's a couple people in my life that are really, uh, really negative and really too cool for school. And I implore you all not to be too cool to try, not to be too cool to be optimistic and really not to be too cool to see things you want to go after them. Yeah. I'm still, I think I'm just still on that point where it hasn't sunk in. You were talking about Christmas and everything and how that usually kind of gets me psyched up and excited and I didn't really have that lead in this year. And it'll happen. But, you know, understand too that I'm not saying that I think everything's going to be awful and I, I don't want to give anybody that impression. Um, no, I'm not what you said. <laughs> You actually listed a bunch of things that are going to happen this year for you. And you talk, you just, you just, we've been on the phone call for a long time. And you talked about how, you told me at least five cool things that are going to happen for you this year. So what are you talking about? I don't know. I feel, um, maybe being, I feel pessimistic. I don't know. Not, not pessimistic. I don't even like that word. I hate that word so much. No. Because the people who tend to go around calling others pessimists, they uh-huh. are so fucking ridiculous. Um, it, it's kind of like you go back in the day, I don't know if you remember this old post Yolanda wrote for the blog, where there was a particular freelancer who liked to go around calling some of us in the community, specifically me and Yolanda, um, malcontents, and that we were always pessimistic and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it, was like this, it was like this whole it was this thing. It was crazy. Malcontents. Malcontents. Wow. Well, we gave them shit for some unethical thing that they were doing, and um, it was just this weird retaliative sort of behavior. And But, yeah, it was like this just crazy thing. And it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, positivity police bullshit in the freelance community. Everyone's like, you have to be optimistic and blah, blah, blah all the fucking time. And you have to be positive and don't keep negative people around. And I know you just said that, but you were talking about something very specific. Um, and the problem is that so many people mistake realism for pessimism. That yes, if you're not... That's so true. Yeah, you know, like my my mom. And if you say this is broken, let's fix it. Then you're a negative person. That's actually quite often a negative person. Oh my goodness! And my mom is one of these people who she thinks I'm like the most pessimistic person in the world. And it's like, if I was a pessimist, I never could have launched a business. I never would have succeeded at anything. And you know, if I went into things thinking I can't do this, you know, I can never do that. That that's pessimism. Um, saying, hey, this is bullshit and you need to stop or you're acting like an asshole and you're hurting other people with this behavior. That's not, that's not pessimism. Um, no, it isn't. So there are people, I guess, they mistake negative language for negative personality and things. So and I, I, I don't think you're a negative person, Jason. <laughs> I think you're a pessimist. I don't think you're a negative person. I know at least five people right now who have all these big dreams and then every time I ask them, what's going on? They're like, well, I don't have enough money to do this. And I'm like, well, I just went on Amazon and everything you need is about 150 bucks. 150 bucks is a lot to 
forget that they look at and they say, they had six bad reviews. I can't do it. I, I got <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, no matter yeah. what happens, they they put these blocks in for themselves. Yeah, but the truth yeah. is that, you know, there's always a way. And I think, that yeah. just like you say, you mostly get what you want, I think that you're one of the most optimistic people I know. And you can tell your mother <laughs> I said that. Can you tell my mother that? <laughs>
but yeah, you know, understand that even if things are bad in some areas, like there are some things on, for me in my life that are, they just feel awful right now. And, yeah. and the problem is things that are awful are things that are truly not in my power to fix. Um, yeah. rely on other people or other, you know, outside circumstances that I have no control over. And that happens. And it really fucking sucks when that happens. But, you know, if you kind of feel that way about anything, um, you know, you know, don't take that as, you know, being all pessimistic about everything. Um, yeah. It's okay to be upset about those things. It's okay to be sad. It's okay oh, yeah. to be angry. Um you know, like Princess said, though, you know, be an agent for change, you know, with things like politics or um, local issues or anything like that. And, you know, kind of like what I was saying earlier is when things get down for me in one area of life, I kind of throw myself into another. And so for me, you know, work kind of is that optimistic sort of place and that I know what I'm capable of, and I want to see that in me again. And so I will. You know, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that this year is going to be much better than last because I've made up my mind to do that. So in business, that's going to happen. Yeah. I might not be able to control everything yeah, on the personal side, but as for this, yes. Yeah. I think, and you know what, control is an illusion. I'm just like you. I like, can, I like control for myself. I like to control my environment. I like to control around me and like you I often get what I want because I'm just one of those people that keeps going until I do it's not because I'm so special it's because you know I'm just like well what I want is still out there so I'll keep going but when things get out of our control we just have to you know oh you know what my mom my mom was born in 1960 and she grew up in some tumultuous times. She's uh, she has has some she has a lot of a lot of like terrible political stories for me, you know. Yeah. And when we what we were talking about was just like I'm always like I've been through much worse than this. She's like there's and and I came out the other side too. And I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, but you know yeah. I survived this. I'm gonna survive again. Yeah. And I feel, like, confident. Like, for you, I know that you have a combination of personal issues as well as business stuff that didn't go the way you want it to or that you're working on improving in 2017. But I've also seen you go through some um, trying times with uh, other things. And I think that, like, I also think you're probably one of the most strong, the strongest people I know, of mm-hmm. all the people I know. I think that I find you very, like, you're super ambitious, you're smart, you're hardworking. Like, if I was going to bet money, <laughs> I would bet money on you. I really would, <laughs> because you seem to, yeah, you, you seem to be the person just like, get out of my way, asshole. I'm on the road, but I'm doing it. So I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I would bet more money on you than I would on myself because sometimes I get tired and I just go to want to go to sleep. But you don't even need sleep. You just move it. No, I, I'm so oh like gosh. I I can't even I can't even believe this, but I'm too, I'm more confident in your 2017 than I am in my own 2017. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I wish I could borrow some of that confidence right now. Oh my gosh! I'm super confident. I just know 
work out. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out, you keep moving to a nurse, right? That's true. That's true. I think I'm like stuck in your company. <laughs> <laughs> I will remember that if I ever go public. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, I, I think the thing for me, I think what I'm struggling with, is, and I'll get past it, you know, I will, um, is that uh-huh. I feel like 2016 just kind of ripped hope out from under me, you know, in a lot of ways, um, where I, yeah, I, dared to trust, yeah, I dared to trust in other people not to make stupid fucking decisions, and they disappointed me. And I dared to hope that certain things were going to go certain ways that they didn't. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I don't feel particularly hopeful about much right now on the personal side specifically. Um, but that also doesn't mean that I'm going to sit back and do nothing. Um you know, like, we're talking about, you know, work, and, you know, I you know I do have confidence in myself when it comes to work, obviously, that's, I said that's yep. just the one area where I do, and um, on the personal front, you know, we talked about that already, you know, there's, I'm doing what I can to feel better with myself. I have felt really inadequate, I think is a way to put it, on the personal front. I have just felt completely and totally inadequate, and I need to just go back to focusing on me for a little while. And I think that's probably yeah. the best thing that I can do. And maybe that hope will come back. That's all there is to it. You just, like you said, you can't kind of keep moving. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so um, there's always that, you know, in the new year too, just kind of the whole, eh. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> If it happens, it'll happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, if you want a better 2017, just keep moving forward. You know, have something that you're working towards and take uh-huh. baby steps. I think that's probably a really good way to look at 2017. Just Absolutely. keep going forward because you can't go back. Um, you know, you can't fix yeah. what went wrong last year. You can't improve on where you were last year, for last year, all you can do is do something about this year and make it as good as you possibly can. And I don't see yeah. any reason why we can't start that right now. So. Yeah. Oh, stay off of Twitter. Stay off of Twitter. <laughs> That's it. What would Keep I do moving. with myself off of Twitter? Yeah, I don't know. Keep moving. <laughs> Try to be optimistic. Try to work hard even when you're not optimistic. And most yeah. of all, stay off the Twitter because it'll ruin your life. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. I would be so bored. Um, <laughs> I'm literally staring at TweetDeck right now while we're talking. Like, it's on my second yeah. monitor. Yeah. <laughs> well. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's. I think that's probably all we have for them today, right? You know, don't sit on your hands. Just do something. You know, plan for something. What a great thing for 2017. I already got mine, but one of you guys should have this. Do shit. That's what you need for 2017. Do shit. Frame it on your wall. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do shit. We should come back. 
I'm come back in mid year and see how things are going. How's 2017 going for you? Are you doing shit? Are you? <laughs> All right. Only condition is you have to watch something other than stripper movies before you come back. Ah, your movies are the best. Are the best. You know what really annoys me about like stripper, like when you see memes and they're like. Oh, I wish I was a stripper or a drug dealer or whatever. I'd be having so much money. No, you wouldn't. If you're like the laziest cashier at Taco Bell, you'll be the laziest stripper at Taco Bell, too. And you won't make any money there either. I mean, if you want to do better, you just you need to, you know, improve yourself. Whether you're a stripper or cashier or freelancer or whatever. So what does that say about us, princess? Does that mean we'd be pretty ambitious strippers? I would be the most ambitious stripper. I would have... Merchandise, I would have, like, I I heard someone who once went to a strip club. This is pretty nasty, so you might want to turn this off if you have kids. But they went to a strip club, and a woman pulled a poster of herself out of her nether region. Because <laughs> it's fine, and she gave it out. And I was like, you know what? That's me. That I'm realizing. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd have an Excel sheet where I'd be talking about, you know, how my work is going, what I can do to improve, how much booty shaking I can do. Like, I would, I'd be so good at being a stripper. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's always 2018. I don't know. 2018. It's going to be the workout. Stripper for 2018. Oh, my gosh. We better start working out. Shit. <laughs> Already on it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. Now, I think that's really all we have for today. Probably not the image you wanted to leave them with. All right. Again, a big thank you to Princess for stopping by the show again today. You can check back next week when I'll get back to our community question series with a question from Gina Alianiello about freelance pricing. Do you want me to tackle something specific in a future episode? If so, you can submit your writing-related questions through the contact form at allindywriters.com slash podcast by emailing me at jen, that's J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com or by leaving me a voicemail at 484-575-1345. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 37. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.